Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Found in Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 to 3 in the NKJV version. Can we read this all uh, together as one big family? Uh, One, two, go. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. The title of my sermon tonight is Walk It, Talk It. I should have worn the 70s clothing. Walk it like I talk. Well, you guys, you guys don't know that song, huh? Yeah, I'm speaking to angels tonight. I didn't know I was speaking to. Don't try to play that game with me. Come on now. We're a part of the culture, but we're not of the culture. Amen, somebody. We still got to stay relevant in this place, right? So I'll be speaking from the subject, walk it, talk it. Your neighbor say, walk it, talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it, talk it, all right? Now let's not get too carried away. Let's bow our heads in prayer, if you don't mind. Father God, we just give you all the glory tonight. We ask that you would move in this place. We ask that the spirit of Pastor Kofi will rest on this service. We ask, so God, that the spirit of Dr. Ralph will rest on this service. Father, we just thank you for speaking to us already tonight. Father, we thank you for going ahead of us. We thank you for doing what you need to do in our hearts already. Father, we just believe that there's something for us tonight, and we believe that you're about to speak in this place. Father, grant me utterance, grant me the grace to speak to your people tonight. Father, help me. Help us all to receive something from you in this place. In your name, I pray, and all the saints shall shout aloud. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, greet your neighbor to your right and say welcome once again and have your seat. Walk it, talk it. I'm excited for tonight, and uh, we're in this series called The Refiner's Fire, and uh, speaking along that subject, I want to just say this, that situations place us in the refiner's fire. Life situations place us in this feeling, in this place in our lives where God begins to do a deep work in our hearts and uh, it's called the refiner's fire. Uh, for example, when health issues just come your way and you don't know what happened, but there's all of a sudden health issues that are just troubling you from every side. You were not sick ever in your life. All of a sudden they tell you that you have diabetes. That's what I call God putting you through the refiner's fire. For example, when you all of a sudden hear uh, that there's family troubles that you've, you've never, ever experienced family troubles in your life. Your parents have always been solid. Your brothers have always been good. Now you all of a sudden hear that your brother has been doing drugs, and you hear that your family and your mom and dad want to have a divorce after decades of being together. That is what I like to call, or rather what the Word of God likes to call, the refiner's fire. It's a place, it's a situation, it's a, it's a season of your life where God begins to take you through this school where he begins to teach you and he begins to show you and he begins to purge you and he begins to work in your heart. When you have uh, this email, when you get an email, for example, from Carlton University that says that you've been put on academic probation, 
uh, I don't know if any of you guys have been there. I've been there a couple times, but we thank God for finishing grace. I speak that over you tonight. Uh, can we be real tonight? When you, get, when you get bad news, when you say, oh, uh, excuse me, Mr. Darcy, you've been actually put on academic probation. That is what I like to call the refiner's fire. When life hits you from every side, when life hits you from every side, when you feel almost as if your world is literally closing in on you, where the walls of your life are kind of pressing in on you, and you don't know how you're going to get through the next day, you don't know how you're going to lift your head up high, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, when you don't know how you're going to pay your rent, that is what I like to call the refiner's fire. That tough place in your life where everything is going wrong, and the only person that you thought you had in your corner, which is Jesus Christ, is, is not even there. When you try to pray out to him, he's not even there. When you try to call out to him, he's not even there. You feel as though he's not there. But how many of you guys know that a teacher keeps silent during a test? And this season of your life called the refiner's fire is what God likes to put people through in order to bring out the best in them. I heard, I've heard this before that God gives his toughest battles to his greatest soldiers. Is it, is it, is it right? And, and, and so that is exactly what this refiner's fire is all about. When your life is just going upside down, when things are just not going as they should. That is what the Bible calls the refiner's fire. And we all say that God, God we want you uh, to use us. We all say, God, use me. God, touch my life. God, change my life. God, I'm available. God, I'm hungry. I'm broken. Father God, break me. Remold me. Use me as your vessel. God, I'm hungry. I'm desperate. God, I want to prophesy. God, I want to heal. God, I need you every single day of my life. God, I, I, I want to do more for you. We all say these prayers, but then when God takes us through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Yea, though I walk through this valley, this season, this refiner's fire, this area of my life where I feel like, God, you're, you're stretching me too much, God. You're pulling me too much, God. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And you feel as though everything is going wrong. And David calls that season of your life the valley of the shadow of death. And something is meant to take place in the valley of the shadow of death. That is where God begins to revi uh, refine you. That is where God begins to bring out the gold that is in you. That is when God begins to show himself to you. But there's one thing about this valley of the shadow of death where David rightfully says, I walk through it. Some of us here the enemy has hit us on, on various sides. He's given us an uppercut. He's given us a hook. He's given us punches to the stomach. He's, he's hit us in every single place. I don't even know boxing. But he's hit us in various places. But what we're doing in the valley of the shadow of death is we're, we're sitting in the, in, the, in the valley of the shadow of death. We're sitting there. We've, some of us, we've taken a pause. Some of us, we're, we're chilling, and we're just allowing life to just give us blows, and we're just, we're just allowing the enemy just to have a field day with us. We're, we're talking to our friends. We're chilling in there. Some of us, we, we've actually sat down in the valley of the shadow of death. Some of us, we've, we've taken braids. Some of us, we've taken food breaks. Where we're taking coffee breaks. We're chilling in there where life is upside down, but you're just relaxed, and you're just taking it easy. Everything's cool. The word of God says that I walk through it. You're meant to walk through your troubles. 
You're meant to walk through it. You're, you're meant to keep going. Winners never quit. God is testing you. God is teaching you. God is showing you something that you have to change. Maybe God is trying to work on your character in the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe he's trying to work on your heart. Maybe you don't give, so he's trying to teach you what giving truly can do for you. That's why he would make you broke in the season of your life because you don't know the lessons of giving. You don't know the purpose. You don't know the, the, the mysteries of giving, so he'll, he'll, he'll test you in that. David says, I walk through it. I, I believe that tonight that some of you are going to stand up once again and begin to walk through your troubles. I don't know if you've looked down on yourself. I don't know if you've taken a break in that valley. But God is saying for me to tell you tonight that you have to get up and walk. It's not enough just for you to sit down there, but you have to get up and continue walking through it. You know who needs to get up and walk through their valley of the shadow of death right now? My brother named Drake. I think, I think we need to discuss this. I, I think we need to discuss, my, my brother Aubrey, we need to discuss this. Does he have a child or does he not have Was his blow, was Pusha T's blow on 40 too much or was it just, hey, I don't know. That man's world is crumbling right now. And in order for him to save his legacy and his career, he better speak up. But that man is straight up chilling right now in that valley real quick. We got to discuss this. What's going Where's this child? How did he hide a child? How do you hide a child? I mean, he has money, so... But, but, that is what I call a valley right now. His world is... If you were Drake, what, do you, what would you be doing right now? I guess he'd bring his wife back home or his girl back home and his son back home. But right now his world is literally crushing in on him and he doesn't really know what to do. I hope that he comes back hard because, you know, I like Drake a lot. He's really good. He's really good. He's really, really good. Uh, so I hope he comes back hard. But that is what I call the valley of the shadow of death. And I want you to understand this real quick, that the valley is not meant to kill you, but it's only meant to make you stronger. Amen. If you're going through something right now, I came to tell you that you won't die in that valley. God is teaching you. God is, God is working on you. God is, God is trying to make you as pure gold. God is trying to do something in your life. In that valley, that's where you will experience God. Oftentimes, when your back is against the wall, the only person you can turn to is God. And in that time and in that season, you'll begin to get even much closer to God. You'll, begin, you'll, you'll get much closer to his, his heart. You'll know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And you'll know how to pray. You'll learn how to fast. If you don't fast and pray, you're just going to die in that valley. But once you begin to, to, to stay there for a little while and you begin to, to pray to God and say, God, I need your help. That's when you begin to know the intricate parts of God. Well, you're not just somebody who comes to church on Thursdays and Sundays, but you actually know God on the day-to-day -day basis, and that's what we call relationship. And revival will only take place in this world when young people get together and pray and have intimate times in God's presence, when young people develop a relationship with God. Where no, you're not perfect, 
We know you have problems. We know you, oh, we all have problems. We know we're not all perfect. But when we understand that God wants us to still come into his presence just the way we are, that's when we will see revival because that's when we will see intimacy in the lives of every single young person in this place. And I believe that there's a time coming where this banner of Canada will also simultaneously be the banner of Campus Rush. When people think about Canada, they'll think about Campus Rush as well. And I believe that the valley of the shadow of death is for us to just become stronger, for us to know the hearts of God, just to get to that place in God. There's somebody in the Bible that I want us to look at real quick before we get out of here. Uh, who went through this trying period of his life? And uh, his name is Joshua, but we're going to look back real quick at Deuteronomy chapter 34 verses 5 and 6 in the NKJV version and I want to break this story down for you so we all grasp this feeling that Joshua was going through and the word of God says in Deuteronomy 34 verses 5 to 6 that so Moses the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord and he buried him in in a valley in the land of Moab. And it says, yeah, he buried him in the land of Moab. There we go. Uh, this story right here uh, has characters and uh, it has uh, Moses. We all know Moses in the Bible where that was God's uh, friend and he really knew the heart of God. Uh, Moses did something real quick that God didn't like. God said for Moses, Moses, instead of uh, of hitting the rock so that water can come out, I want you to speak to the rock. And when you speak to the rock, uh, that's when the water will pour out. Moses, in anger, gets upset, and he takes a rod, and he strikes the rock. Of course, the water still came out because God won't embarrass his servant. But God was disrespected, and once you disrespect God, he will take you out. And so the, the story fast-forwards, and we see here that Moses dies. This man who knew the heart of God, this man who knew the intricate things of God, he died. And all of a sudden, uh, there, was this, uh, there was this boy, there was this man, there was this person that Moses had been training for a very long time. And it was now time for that man to step up uh, and, and fill in the shoes of Moses. Even though the shoes were quite big, uh, it was his time. It was Joshua's time to fill in for Moses. Now, go to, go to Joshua chapter 1 for me real quick, and let's read that. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, and the word of God says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. Moses had died, and now it was time for Joshua to come and fill in the shoes of Moses. Now, I want you to understand, if there was somebody that you were literally their sidekick, you, you were literally uh, their armor bearer, there was somebody who, 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 who was training you for so many years of your life, was, this, this was Joshua's dad, pretty much. It was Joshua's mentor. It was Joshua's uh, 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 confidant. It was Joshua's person. This person had died and Joshua was at this crossroads in his life where he was torn between either sitting down and mourning or listening to the word of God and rising up and stepping up and filling the gap and filling the place uh, that Moses had taken up for such a long time. And if you were Joshua, how would you feel? If, if your mentor who had taught you everything is now no longer there and you're now asked to step up in his place, what would you do? 
Joshua was at this crossroads because he was, first off, he was sad and he was distraught because his man, his dude, his dad, his everything had just died. I don't know about you. I don't know if some relationships have just died in your life or, or if, if you've been fired from a job or if, if you've gotten a bad report from something in your life has died and you don't know what to do. I don't know if this is you tonight. Where something in your life is not going wrong, where you're almost like Joshua, where you don't know what to do. Okay, God, you've taken Moses away from me. You've taken Moses away from me. Now, what do I do? I'm caught between uh, uh, hiding and just mourning over Moses or actually stepping up and leading the people of Israel into the promised land. God, what do I do? And Moses and Joseph and Joshua was at this crossroads where he didn't know exactly what to do. But then... The word of the Lord came to Joshua, and, and, and it says that God spoke to Joshua saying, listen, go to the next verse. Verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And we have to come to the understanding that some situations in your life have died. Some things have taken place, and you literally can't change anything about it. And it's not your fault. Life just happens. Yeah. We can't explain why God takes before their time to you. You think it's, it's too early, but God thinks it's just right. We can't explain why God will take us through these trials and tests and tribulations. We can't explain these things, but life just happens. And we need to understand, just as Joshua did, that Moses is dead. His situation was hopeless. Joshua had a choice whether to mourn and to sulk in his sadness and, and, and in the loss of Moses or to rather get up and keep walking through his trials and tribulations. The word of God says, now therefore arise. I want you to tell your neighbor, now therefore arise. Because that is a prophecy in and of itself. Now therefore arise. Now therefore arise. Some of you guys have been staying in that valley for way too long. And the word of God is coming to you today saying, therefore arise and get up and go. It's not enough just to stay where you are. The word of God is saying, now, therefore, arise. Now, presently, where you are right now. The word therefore means so, and arise, of course, is self-explanatory, meaning get up. Right now, in this moment, so, get up. And it's not enough for you just to stand up, but you've got to also move with it real quick. You've got to walk it out. You've got to walk as well through the storm. Walk through the difficult times. Walk through the trials. Walk through it. Walk through, walk through, walk through, walk through. And when you walk through, that's when God will glorify his name. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. Get over this place where you are. This is an appointed place that I have for you. But if you don't get up and walk, you will never reach there. I came here to prophesy to somebody that it is your time to now get up and keep walking. I prophesy that it is your time to shift location. Come on, touch three people and say, shift location. There is something that God wants to do with you, but he can't do it right where you are. It's time for you to get up and shift location location get over this Jordan get over where you are get over this brook get over that problem get over and shift into this next place that I have for you 
There is another place that God has for you. But if you don't get up and move, you will not reach that place. Get up. There is a Jericho that is waiting for you. Inside Jericho, that is where the land of milk and honey, that's where, uh, that's where your prosperity is. That's where your abundance is. But if you don't get up and move, you will never reach that place. There is too much that God has on the inside of you. Please be seated. There's so much that he has on the inside of you. And if you don't get up and move, you will never reach those things. You will never see God. You never experience God. And you and all these people go to the next verse. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, go to the next verse. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river. Next verse. Verses 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's a prophetic word to you as well. I, I came here to prophesy to somebody that no man, no woman, no problem will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Because as God was with Moses, so God was with Joshua. So as God is with Pastor Kofi, so God is with you. As God is with Dr. Ralph, so God is with you. As God was with those people in the past, God will also be with you. The promise of God still stands. But you've got to get up and move from where you are. Come on, touch three people and say, get up and start walking. 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 Get up and start walking walking because the promise of God still stands. The promise of God. Please be seated. Point number one, I want to give you guys some three points and we'll get out of here. Point number one, God will always speak to you in the process. While Joshua was there sulking and he was moaning and he was crying and he was weeping. And as he was there at that crossroads, God sent his word in verses one. He sent his word in verses one saying that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the his word and that's what he's doing tonight right now where he's giving me a prophetic word for you to speak over you god will always send his word to you when you're in the process point number two get up and walk get up from that situation get up dust yourself off clean yourself off Pretty, get, get pretty, get beautiful, go after somebody else, get yourself ready, keep walking, get up and keep walking, move away from that situation, get up and keep walking because God is not done with you. Get up and walk. All hope is not lost. All hope is not lost. I came here to just to pump hope into somebody in this Refiner's Fire series where you feel as though you're in this fire, you feel as though your world is closing in on you, and you don't really know what to do. And I came here just to pump hope into you because hope is for tomorrow. And so I want to speak this over you that you need to get up and start walking because God is waiting for you in your Jericho. Everybody's Jericho is different. Oh, God. Everybody's Jericho is different. To one person, your Jericho could be a husband. To another person, your Jericho could be a job. Whatever your Jericho might be, God's word still stands. And his word is saying that you need to get up and start walking. Get up and start moving. 
get up and start doing something. If you have to, to work towards a business, get up and start doing it. Just because you hit a crossroads doesn't mean that it's not the will of God. Because you hit a crossroads, that means that God is in it. Because if you don't have to fight for it, that's when God is not in it. Oh, am I speaking to this place? Come on. Because God is in it, that's why you're facing resistance. Because every perfect thing from God deserves you fighting for it. If it's too easy, then we don't want it. If she's too easy, we don't want it. If he's too easy, we don't want it. What are you talking about? They were playing games up here. If she's too easy, you don't want it. Ladies, y'all got to play tough sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Make us sweat a little bit. And when we see you, our heart is beating real fast, and we don't know what you're going to say. And we're like that guy back in high school waiting for you to text back, and you're taking more than, more than 10 minutes to reply back, and we're like, yeah, what's going on? You got to make man's work for it a little bit. Also, guys, if it's too easy to get her number, then she's not worth it. I'm being real, man. I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Like, I'm about, to, I'm about to go. Where's the door? I'm about, I'm about to go right now. I'm about to leave this place before I get stoned up or hurt. Tomatoes thrown at me. Like. If it's not difficult, that, that means that God's head is not in it. You gotta experience some, some, some days of pain, some days of agony. You gotta experience some people switching up on you. You gotta thank God for those people who stabbed you at your back. You gotta thank God for those people who talked about you. You gotta thank God for those people who threw jabs at you. You gotta thank God for it all. Through it all, God is making you stronger. Through it all, God is making you wiser. Through it all, God is teaching you his heart. Through it all. You got to get up and start walking. And uh, I have my godson, and he, he's amazing. I love him so much. His name is Nehemiah. And um, I should have brought him today. Um, but he is amazing. Uh, he just started walking a couple months ago. And um, he, would always, uh, he would always get up, and then he would fall down. And he would get up, and he would fall down. And he would get up, and then he would, he would fall down. And when he would fall down, sometimes he would cry. Sometimes he would scream, and he wouldn't want to start walking again. But uh, eventually, he understood that every time you fall down, you've got to get up and start doing it again. It doesn't matter how difficult your situation is. You've got to get back up and start walking it doesn't matter how many times you fall and you got to get back up and start walking. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. It doesn't matter how difficult your valley is. you got to get back up and start walking. Y'all better take this thing off the screen before these people um, <laughs> stop listening to me. It doesn't matter how difficult it was for my godson. He, he, he would always fall and he would get back up. And, and, and his valley at that moment was, was him getting to that place where he can now start walking on his own. And if a child can do it, if a child can understand this principle 
of, of walking through pain, of getting back up and still persevering and getting back up and still going after it, then how much more us as adults? We've got to keep walking through the struggles and the pain and, and the strife and, and all the, the things that we go through as young people. We've got to keep walking. God's plan for our lives is for us to keep walking through every single pain, every single test that he throws at us. His tests are to make us stronger. Point number three, God is with you and his promise still stands. It says here that no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, as I was with your boss, as I was with your former dad, as I was with your former mentor. So I will be with you and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Some of us think that God will forsake us and leave us in the valley. Some of us think that God has forgotten about us in the valley, but the word of God says that, listen, I I'm still with you. Just because I'm silent right now, it doesn't mean I'm not there. I I'm still with you. I, I still have my eye on you. I I'm still there with you. And so I was with Moses, so I will be with you as well. And uh, I came across this story uh, when I was preparing for this message, and it was about a woman who went to see a silversmith, and as she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire, and he let it heat up. And he explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire, the hottest place of the fire. If you remember in Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 to 3, uh, God actually refers to us as vessels of gold, as vessels of silver. So this lady went to see a silversmith, and, and the silversmith in the natural said, uh, uh, he explained that in refining fire, you need to hold it in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as to burn away the, impur the impurities. Some of us are at that place right now where we feel as though God has actually held us at the hottest point of our life, at the most difficult point of our lives. We, we feel as though God has placed us in the middle of the fire and we feel as though we're about to burn and we feel as though we're, we're, about, to, we're about to die in that valley, we're about to die in that fire. And, and, and the lady continues and says that the woman thought about God holding Then she thought again about the verse that says he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver in Malachi chapter 3, verses 3. And she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time uh, the silver was being refined. And the man answered and said, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eye on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. That is a word for you tonight. That because you are in that hot place of your life, God is actually always looking at you. He always has his eye on you. He actually knows where you are and at what stage you are, at what place you are. God has his eye on you. And so it says here, the story continues. It says, if the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, uh, for, for a moment. And, uh, and then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? And he smiled and answered and said, oh, that's easy. When I see my image in it, that's when I know that it's fully refined. When God can see himself in you, that's when you know that you have been refined as gold and as silver. When God can see his reflection in you, that's when he knows 
that you have been refined and you've been made into pure gold. Come on, watch you be on your feet real quick tonight. Uh, some of us were in that place in our lives and we feel as though God has forgotten about us, but God is actually just waiting to see when we look like him. That's when he'll remove us from the fire that we've been made into pure silver or pure gold. And I, I want us to begin to just open up our hearts today, open up our spirits today, and just begin to ask God, God, help me to keep walking through this season of my life. God, help me to keep walking through this, this, this season, this place. Help me to keep going, God. I know not everything makes sense right now, but God, help me to keep going. God, help me to keep going. God is purging you right now. He's making you like him. He wants to see himself in you. I want you tonight to leave here knowing that you shouldn't give up because God is watching you and his eyes are on you. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.